0: is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs.
1: I cannot express the gratitude what my son came
0: and visited you. Dr. Jacobs is in his 41st year as a sports psychologist.
1: I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked
0: about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week.
1: Failure and losing and screwing up. Is something that happens in life, it happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively.
0: This is where sports talk gets real. That word, playing, it's
1: gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids.
0: I wanted to tell you what a great service you provide to this community. I listen to your show every week. Thank you for what you do for our community, for all the
1: parents, coaches, and athletes.
0: And now, here's your host. Rated one of the best therapists in Kansas City, Missouri by OnlineTherapy.com, Dr. Andrew Jacobs.
1: Good morning, everybody. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and we're on our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm here every week talking about the mental side of sports. And if you know, if you've listened to the show before, you know that our shows are podcasted all over. They're rebroadcast around the country in a number of cities and the only real sports psychology show in the country, and we talk on, on this show about sports and you and mindsets and attitudes, people, relationships. I've been in practice in uh, 41 years now, my 41st year of work. Very fortunate to have gotten into this profession. I love doing what I do. I was uh, trained by Dr. Robert Nidefer at the California School of Professional Psychology back from 1976 to 1981. And moved back to Kansas City where I grew up and uh, started working and started this profession. Uh, Really, when I began, it was in its infancy. People didn't know what sports psychology was. And many, many people that I talked to didn't want anything to do with it. They thought it was a bunch of bunk. In fact, one college I interviewed with in the uh, fall of 1981 told me he didn't believe in hocus pocus and witchcraft. But now, sports psychology has become very well accepted, not only in this country, but throughout the world. And before the United States, it was very well accepted in Canada, in the Eastern European countries, and Russia especially, how your mindset plays a role in what you do. If you're a coach, if you're an athlete, what does the mental side do? And I always like to say you can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with the stronger mind will be the one who will come out on top. Well, what does it mean to have a stronger mind? It means a lot of things to me. It means being ready to deal with adversity. It means ready to deal with pressure and stress. I talk all the time about preparation, focus, attitude, and confidence as the keys to success. Well, a little tongue twister there. The, the keys to success. And if you think about it, confidence, self confidence, to me, is the foundation of all of it. If you take, as I said, two athletes who are physically the same, but want their stronger model to come out on top if their confidence is is there. And great levels of self-confidence don't mean that athlete is always succeeding. They're dealing with negativity. They're dealing with stress. They're dealing with pressure. They're dealing with adversity. They have a way of handling that. Throughout my career, I've worked with many, many professional Olympic collegiate athletes who've been very, very successful. High school athletes as well, young athletes. And one of the things that so many who have have made it to the top have told me is they learned to deal with adversity, not getting to play, not getting their chance. You know, our show's been on the air for 30 years. The last 20 years here at Sports Radio 810 WHB, and uh, the last several years we're We've been podcasted, and as I said, rebroadcast. A number of cities around the country. Uh, Nick Lowry, the former Chiefs kicker and Jets kicker, co-hosted the show with me for a while back. That's just has been about ten years ago, and Nick worked with me the last several years, about twelve years. He played, and he was cut eleven times by eight teams before he signed with the Chiefs in nineteen eighty. Eleven times. He was told, no, goodbye, get out of here. We don't want you. And he would go up to every special teams coach and ask them, what can I do to get better? Some of them said, there's nothing, you're not any good. But several of them gave him advice. But he was determined when he was told, no, how can I get better? And that's going to be the theme of the show today is what do you do when you don't get to play? What do you do if you don't get in the game? What if you do if you're told no? Recently, I've had several, actually five, high school and mostly college athletes that I'm working with who are dealing with this issue right now. In fact, this past week, I had three college soccer players, two female and one male, have this problem. In fact, two of them had transferred from their first school last year, both freshmen last year, now sophomores this year, to a new school. They transferred from the first school they were at because they didn't get to play. They were heavily recruited. One's a goalie, one's a forward. Told you're going to get a lot of time playing. Barely played at all. Got very frustrated. The young man talked, the goalie talked to his coach. The coach said, there's not much you can do. You're not going to play. The young lady talked to her coach, says, well, they're just better players here. So they both found, they went through the transfer portal and found other schools to play at, and the exact same thing's happening again. In fact, the young lady was heavily recruited to come to the school she's at now, and she's been very frustrated. She lives back on the East Coast and found me online, and we've been talking. And the young man is also playing on the East Coast. And we've been working on this as well. So I wanna get into this today. What do you do if you don't get to play? You're on a team and you don't feel you're being treated fairly, you're not getting a chance. How do you handle that? This is something so many people have to deal with, but we nobody ever talks about this. I've never heard anybody talk about this, but we're gonna talk about it today. And so how do you handle it? What do you do? How do you improve yourself? How do you challenge yourself? In life, we don't always get what we want. Believe me, I can give you stories about that that have happened with me, as and you can probably do the same. But if you're an athlete and you get to the collegiate level, you're obviously good. You wouldn't have made it through youth sports. I would say you've survived youth sports if you made it to college sports. With the way youth sports is today, with the, the pressures and demands and the expectations and the year-round, year, year-round training, the fun – has gone out of it for a lot of people because it's become business. When you get to college, you are obviously still good. Now, obviously, there are going to be some players who are better and some that aren't. But if you're told you're going to get to play and you don't get to play, how do you handle that? That's what I want to get into today, and I want to hear from you. If you're an athlete and you're on a team, if you don't get a chance to get in the game, what do you do? How do you handle it? What do you say to the coaches? Do you not say anything? Do you get angry? Do you keep quiet? Do you have your parents get involved? What do you do? This is a problem a lot of kids have, and believe me, a lot of parents are upset about it as well. So if you're a coach, how do you handle the athletes on your team that don't get in the games? What do you say to them? How do you coach them? How do you work with them? If you're an athlete and you have this problem, what do you do? We're going to talk about that in our next segment, and I'd like to get some calls in here. If you are a parent and your son or daughter doesn't get to play, say you're a parent of new sports, what do you do about that? How do you handle that situation? And if you're an athlete and you don't get to get in the game, you don't get to get in the co- competition, you're down on the end of the bench, you're frustrated, you're irritated, you're angry, how do you handle that emotionally? We're going to talk about the things that I've suggested to people, how to work on this, how to get better at it, how to improve. I'd love to hear from you if you're a coach, you're an athlete, you're a parent. Because everybody has to deal with this at some point in their playing career when they're not in the game. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every week talking about the mental side of sports. This is a topic I've never really talked about before, but I think it's a good one to get into today. And I'd love to hear from you. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the
0: Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
1: Good morning, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I believe that's Peter Frampton. Back in the day when rock and roll was king, right? Back in the... uh, 70s and 80s. Anyway, I'm here every week talking about the mental side of sports, and today's topic is this. What do you do if you're on a team and you don't get to play? You're a reserve on a team, you barely get in the game. How do you handle that? That's something we've never... Actually, I've never done a show on this before, and I was thinking about this week, because I've got several athletes I'm working with right now who have transferred Two specifically who transferred college soccer players who transferred from their freshman year to second year to a new school. And they don't get to play. Now, some people say, well, they're just not good enough. Well, they are good enough because they're, they're on a college team. And they were told – both were told by coaches. You know, they were heavily interested in having them come to their school through the transfer portal. They get a lot of playing time, and neither has. So how do you handle this? So my suggestion to both of them in, in each and individual basis was this. Well, if you're frustrated, you need to go talk to the coaches. One, the young man was real hesitant to do it. He goes, Doc, he goes, I did that last year and it didn't do me any good. He just told me I wasn't good enough. Right. He told you, you weren't good enough and then and then you asked you said, Well, you brought me here, you wanted me to come here and now you're telling me I'm not good enough. He goes, Well, we reevaluated you after you got here and you're not good enough to play, so you're just gonna be at the end of the bench. I would have left the school right there, actually, but he stuck it out through the, the semester and transferred after actually after, after a second semester and left. The young lady got to play some where she was last year, but then the coach said, you know, we're, we're just going to go in a different direction, so she mutually, they mutually agreed for her to leave. She went to another school that wanted her to come. The coach said she'd get playing time, and she's barely played at all. He told her she's about the 14th or 15th player on the team. Well, there are 11 people on the field, which means, I, realistically, then she should get in as a reserve, and she's barely played. So this past week, as our second session. I said, okay, what I think you need to do is go in and sit down with the coach and say, can I have a meeting with you? I'd like to talk. And Because they had not had any individual player meetings yet. And I said, you need to go in. And just sit down and say, I'd like to know, coach, you're feeling about my play, how you feel I'm doing. What do you think I need to do to get in the game? And don't complain. I don't get to play. Why am I not playing? But ask them in a, in a productive way, how can I get in? How can I get some playing time? What are some things I need to do to improve? What's your opinion on what I need to get to get better? And I think that's the way to approach a coach if you're frustrated because I've seen many athletes over the years that go in and moan and complain about, I'm not playing, what, what, how come I'm not, this isn't fair and all that. Well, if you're a coach, you're, you're not going to be too agreeable when they come in and, and sort of attack you. I think the best way to go about this is to ask what you need to do to get better. Can you tell me where I'm at on the team, with my skills, with my play, what are the things I need to do to get better? But I'd like to hear from you. In, in, if you're a coach, and you've got athletes on your team, and, and this is this is another way to approach this. If you're a coach and you've got athletes on your team who you don't get in the game very much, do you sit down and talk with them at your own initiative, take some time, and say, Let, I want to coach you, let's talk about why you're not in, let's let's look at some things you need to work on to get better? Or do you just basically take time with most of the starters and spend time with them? I'd love to hear from you if you're a coach and get your opinion on this, how you deal with this. I just saw a high school quarterback yesterday. He's a sophomore, very talented young man. I've seen footage of him, very, very good. But he's third on the depth chart. So he's playing on JV. But at his own initiative, he was starting the second half in the JV games. But on his own initiative, he went up to the coach and said, listen, coach, can I get a chance to start instead of playing the second half? And I said, well, why'd you do that? He goes, well, the second half, I'm stuck with the lesser receivers because it's sort of like the third stringers come in. Well, he went in the first half and played last week through three touchdown passes and was a lot more excited about things because he said, you know, they, I felt like I got a better chance. And the coach came up to him and said, you know what, we're going to we're gonna rotate you and the other guy now. One will start one half, one the first half, one game. One will start at the next game. I want to give you more of a chance. So because of his assertiveness, going up to the coach, he got more of a chance to play. Now, I know for most athletes, you're scared to talk to a coach. You don't want to talk to a coach. You're afraid of what they're going to say. You think they're going to get upset at you. I think, and I talked earlier about self-confidence. If you have self-confidence, everybody does, but if you've got a strong enough level of self-confidence with yourself, you will be able to go in and talk to that coach and ask, what do I need to do to get better? I'd love to hear from you if you're a coach. How do you handle your athletes who don't get in the games? What do you say to them? How do you coach them? How do you help them work through it? If you are an athlete and that happens to you, what do you do? You can sit and sulk and feel sorry for yourself and get down in the dumps. And then, of course, your attitude will affect the fact that you don't get in. Because then, even though maybe you had a chance, when your attitude goes bad, poof, you're in trouble. I always tell athletes, coaches look for character. They want to see your ability, your skill sets, but they want to see your character. So how you deal with adversity will say so much about you. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, my former co-host Nick Lowry, who worked with me for a number of years while I played in the NFL, he was cut 11 times by eight teams. But he was determined, I know I can do it. I'm going to keep getting better, working on my skills. And then in 1980, the Chiefs cut Jan Stenerud, who went on to be the first kicker in the Hall of Fame and kept Nick Lowry instead. It was not a not a very popular decision with the Kansas City Chiefs in 1980. Jan Stenerud was a very popular person in the community, hero of the Super Bowl. The Chiefs won the fourth Super Bowl against the Vikings, and then went on to play four more years with the Packers and the Vikings and went on into the Hall of Fame. Nick went on to kick for 17 years. Both of them are two of the greatest kickers in football. And but he wasn't afraid to ask, what do I need to do to get better? And so that's the issue here. So what do you do? If you don't get it in a game, you're, you're stuck on the end of the bench. How do you handle that? It's a frustrating thing. I know that. I've had that happen to me before, too. So what do you do about that as an athlete? First is you got to look at yourself. Whenever anyone comes in my office and works with me or via Zoom or FaceTime, which I do with a lot of clients now, I have them write out several lists about themselves. What are your goals? What are your strengths, your weaknesses, your fears, your distractions, and the stressors in your life? How? Well, and we put a picture together of what that person's about. And let's say some of your weaknesses are, say, say, physical skills in your sport. Let's say you're not strong enough or you're not fast enough. Well, then what do you do to work on conditioning? What do you do to work on improving your strength? What do you do to work on your fitness? If mentally some of your weaknesses are, well, I'm not very confident. Well, then what do you do to try to get better? That's where setting daily goals comes in. Keeping a journal comes in. All of that is very helpful in getting you to get better. So looking at self-improvement, looking at yourself and challenging yourself to get better and better and better. Doesn't mean you're going to get in. Doesn't mean you're going to get in the game, but you're going to improve what you're doing. and And by virtue of that, you're going to give yourself a better chance to get in. All right, I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every week talking about the mental side of sports. Today's show is what do you do if you don't get in the game, in the contest? The coach doesn't play you. How do you handle that? I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs.
0: This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
1: Good morning, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour here at our flagship station, Sports Radio, 10 WHB. Today's topic is this. I've been talking about what do you do if you're an athlete, you don't get to play. You're on a team. You're stuck at the end of the bench. The coach doesn't put you in. You get frustrated. You get angry. You're ticked off. You want to quit. You want to leave. You want to stop playing. You want to transfer. What do you do? I started off by sharing what I think, that because I'm working with several athletes who are dealing with this right now. One of the things you got to ask yourself, first of all, what are my goals? Why am I here? What do I want to accomplish? If that's not happening, look in the mirror, first of all, and ask yourself, what am I not doing to get better? What are the things I need to do to improve on? Am I not passing the ball well? Am I not throwing the ball well? Am I not shooting the ball well? Whatever it might be. What are the things people ahead of me are doing that put them there that I'm not doing? How can I improve on these things? And then after you look at yourself, decide what you need to work on and then ask the coach for a meeting and sit down with the coach and say, I'd like to know your opinion of my play, how you feel, I'm, where you feel I'm at, how you feel I'm doing. What do I need to do to get better? Coach, what are some of the things I need to do to improve on to get in the game, to get in the contest? And if that doesn't work, then that's where you have to sit down and ask yourself, well, do I want to stay here? What am I going to do long term? Or do I keep working and working and working and will it work out for me? Adversity teaches us more than success, I think. Because when you're dealing with adversity, you're dealing with negativity, you're dealing with failure, you're dealing with frustration, stress, anxiety, tension, pressure. And you have to look in the mirror and figure out what do I need to do to get better? I'd love to hear from you. Our phone number is 913 If you're a coach, you're an athlete, you're a parent, your son or daughter doesn't get in the game, what do you do? What do you say? How do you help them get through it? And if you're a parent, when do you get involved? I think when young athletes get to be about 13 or 14, I think that's a point where they can go up to a coach and talk to the coach and ask. I think with some advice from their parents. Younger than that, I think parents should do it because I don't think kids are mature enough at that point. I mean, they can certainly go ask a coach, but I think parents can also get involved as well. I'd suggest a meeting with the parent and the athlete with the coach, younger than 13 or 14. Sit down and say, look, my daughter's frustrated. She hasn't been in any games. She barely gets to play. We'd like to know what you need to do to get better. What are your opinions of her play? How can you help her out? Blake, my producer, Blake Schneider, does a great job of this show. And you played sports your whole life. You went to Austin P. played football, but I'm sure at some point in your career, you didn't get to play.
0: Yeah, so actually, my my first year that I went to Austin P. Um, I had transferred from Coffeyville Community College, so I actually had more in game play than a lot of guys at Austin P. at the time. So when I got there, um, I I played wide receiver. But let me let me okay hold on let's back it up. Why did you go there? why'd you transfer there? So funny story originally and I'll make it quick uh, basically originally after I graduated from from Coffeeville I didn't have basically my coach did not help at all with recruiting so it was pretty much all on me. So I originally was actually um, I, I took about six months off while I was still training at home to figure out if I wanted to, Continue to play college ball, or if I wanted to just go to college and actually, I applied for a student assistant uh, coaching position at the University of Missouri. Didn't hear from him. Didn't hear from him. Didn't hear from him. Didn't hear from him well, this whole time. I'm actually talking to a coach named Coach Brockley down at Austin P. Um, he actually has a cool uh, uh, a cool story about being the most uh, badass coach in football, former military guy. But he recruited me down to Austin P. So I've been talking to him this whole time. Eventually. I said, "Hey, I haven't heard anything from Mizzou. I want to come play. Do you guys have any any spots open?" He's like, um, "We don't. We, we're not. We don't have any more scholarships. But if you come on down, you're going to be a preferred walk on. We can't cut you. That's the best I can do for you." I said, "Perfect." Now, I already had a friend that had been down there for the past six months as well, the previous semester. So I knew somebody down there on the team. Weirdly enough, uh, my best friend Ryan Sinkler. So. That's how I got down there well the day I decided to go to Austin P the very next day Mizzou called me back and told me they wanted to, me to come there and be a student assistant coach and I said sorry I already decided to go play so you went to Austin P and what happened you redshirted your first year so I got there and competed for a job the first the first right when I got there and my coach at the end of training basically, Right before the season starts, I'm thinking, okay, you know, it's I've, I've done really well. I think there's maybe only one other player that I think is potentially better than me. And my coach brings me into the office because we're doing, like, you know, um, basically training camp evaluations and pretty much tells me I haven't done enough to make the squad, so I have a choice. I can either just not play. You know, he's like, you're probably not going to play much, but you can, you know, still suit up. And I said, screw that. I'm going to take a red shirt. Why would I waste a year? I have a red shirt to give. I'm not going to waste it just sitting on the bench. And I asked him, I said, because I, I was pretty baffled by the fact that I wasn't, be- I was like, what are we talking about here? He gave me some bogus reason and said, well, you're, uh, you're, you're weightlifting, um your your bench max basically isn't where we want it to be it's not strong enough to play ball I said what does bench max have to do with speed route running and catching the ball because we had some really strong wide receivers but they were slower I said this doesn't make any sense I've caught the ball I've ran all the routes I'm faster than most of these guys if there's only one person that I believe that was faster than me at the time so I, I was baffled and he gave me this very bad excuse I feel like I've gone above and beyond and proved myself why why am I not getting to play So instead of sulking, instead of transferring, instead of not doing anything about it and just kind of throwing in the towel, I worked my butt off on the practice squad. Every single week, I made sure I was the player of the week for the practice squad. You could not outwork me. I played the most plays because they had to use as many guys as they could because they didn't have a full squad. So I played running back. I played receiver. I played quarterback. I said, I'm going to play every position and work my butt off. So what happened in the end then? All of those coaches got fired the very next, uh, as soon as the season, because they went they went uh, zero and twelve, zero and eleven, I believe. So, kind of serves them right. Okay. So, and then the next, then the next the, year, then the next uh, coach, Coach Healy, who actually um, went on to coach at uh, the Chanticleers, um, he came in and immediately they liked me. Immediately, just from my work ethic, so just from how much I put in. So then you started
1: playing, then your next year. Exactly. So, so the, the the long and short of this story is that even though you felt like you should have been playing, you didn't get to. So you looked in the mirror and decided, all right, I'm going to work as hard as I can and prove myself, prove to myself that I can get better. Exactly. And that paid off for you in the long run.
0: Well, also, also continuously, I was in the coach's ears like just asking hey, questions asking letting questions him know what was going on sh- tell you know I, I had coaches come up to me mid-practice and say I see you out of here sweating, and working your butt off buddy don't think it goes unnoticed because it, it's not
1: okay okay so the lesson here for from you Blake it, is that you worked as hard as you could when you were told you're not good enough even though you were told what you consider to be a bogus reason why you weren't playing, you said, okay, I'm going to look in the mirror. I'm going to challenge myself. And that's the essence of what I'm getting at here because this happens to all of us at some point. We're told you can't, you won't, you're not good enough, whatever. In life, this is part of life. We're told something from somebody that we may not agree with. And if you're on a sports team, you want to play. And if you don't get to play, you can either sulk feel sorry for yourself get angry leave quit give up or look in the mirror and say you know what i'm going to challenge myself to get better and that's what you did i'd love to hear from you if you're a coach how do you deal with athletes at the end of the bench the athletes who don't get to play what do you say to them how do you help them i'm sports psychologist dr andrew jacobs this is the sports psychology hour
0: this is the sports psychology hour This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
1: Good morning, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio, 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports. As I've mentioned, our show is rebroadcast throughout the country on a number of stations and podcasted everywhere. You can always listen to the podcast. Just go to my website, winnersunlimited.com, or any of the major podcasts. Areas. Um, today's topic has been this. What do you do if you don't get to play? You're on a team. You're stuck at the end of the bench. You're frustrated. You're not playing. And Blake just gave a great description of what he had to go through playing football and how the coach said you're not good enough. So he said, okay, I'm going to make myself good enough. Essentially, that's what he did. Right, Blake? That's basically what you did. 100%. You challenged yourself. All right, instead of feeling sorry for yourself getting down the dumps, which isn't your personality, you said, okay, let's see what I can do. So I think if we look at the situation, and you know, pretty much most of us have had a scenario like this when we've been on a team where you're a reserve, you're, you're maybe the last person on the bench, but you're on the team. You are on the team. And then you've got to say, well, what do I have to do to move up the ladder? What do I have to do to get better? And that's where the whole self-confidence issue comes in. I mentioned at the top of the show the importance of self-confidence. What is that? The ability to believe in yourself, your skills, your abilities, your talents. obviously, There are always going to be people who are going to be better than you at some point. You know, you may play for a while. Eventually you may get older. Some people will get better than you, whatever. It happens to all of us. But the key thing, I think, with with when you don't get to play is to ask yourself, how can I improve? How can I get better? What do I have to do to look look in the mirror and challenge myself? But that's also, I think, where talking to coaches – asking questions in a positive constructive way is important instead of complaining moaning and groaning what are the things you can do to improve on you know i mentioned my former co-host nick lowry who kicked for 17 years in the nfl i think maybe the, the best example there is he was cut 11 times by eight teams told you weren't good enough you're not good enough but instead of well, I didn't know him at the time. I'm sure he got upset and he was ticked off about things. But he kept challenging himself. How can I work harder? How can I get better? And we hear these stories so much in sports about how so many people make it to the top. But they weren't there initially. They are down at the bottom. But they worked hard. They got better. You know, there's an outfielder in the major leagues, Gerard Dyson, who was a late round draft pick with the Kansas City Royals. I met Dice when I was the Royals team psychologist back in 2008-2012. And in that time period, I got to know him. Really neat kid, young man. He's still playing. He's with the Toronto Blue Jays now, I believe. He's been st- stayed around Major League Baseball all these years. Played for several teams. Came back for a second stick with the Royals this year. A late-round draft pick, but nonetheless, he, he coined the phrase, what, that's what speed do. I remember when he said that because he was so fast. So he took advantage of his physical abilities and worked to get better. Another example I know with the Royals, we had an athlete, an outfielder, obviously he's an athlete, major league baseball player, got him in a trade, reserve player, didn't get to play very much. When he came here, he and I started talking, found out who I was and what I was doing, started working with me. And told me, he said, you know, Doc, I don't really know how to play the outfield very well. Why not? Well, nobody's really coached me the right way. And I'm frustrated. And I said, well, we've got a great guy here named Rusty kuntz Great coach. You mind if I bring Rusty in our session and you share with him what you just told me? He said, sure, sure. I'd, I'd, I'd be glad to have heard good things about it. So went out and got Rusty came into our, our meeting the this young man, and Rusty said, well, let's see, well, you played on this team. Well, yeah, you probably didn't get coached there, and then you played on this team, and yeah, you probably didn't get coached very well there. So no wonder your athletic ability has gotten you here, but you you don't know how to play the walls or you know, the wind or things like that. So they started working on that. Rusty helped him out. Defensively in the outfield, and all of a sudden, this young man starts making great plays out there. Why? Because he wasn't afraid to ask, Coach, what can I do? What do I need to do? What do I need to do to get better? So many athletes are scared to talk to coaches. They're afraid. It's a sign of strength. Now, it's a sign of strength if you go in in a constructive way and ask, What can I do to get better? It's not a sign of strength you go in and complain and moan and groan. That's not most coaches aren't going to want to listen to that. Some might, but most are going to want to hear, "Hey, coach, can you help me? I'm frustrated. What can I do to get better?" So I think the key thing is if you're at the end of the bench, if you're not playing very much, you feel you should or could or want to, then the answer to all this is this: take some time Make a list I said earlier, write out your goals. What 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 are my goals? What do I want to accomplish? Write out your strengths, what am I good at? Write out your weaknesses, what are the things I need to get better at? Identify your fears, what scares you, what are you afraid of? Figure out what what you worry about, what are my worries and then what stresses me out? Those six lists goals, strengths, weaknesses, fears. Worries and stressors. That'll give you a good picture, if you're honest with yourself, of what's going on positively and negatively. And then if you want to get in the game, if you want to get in the contest, go talk to your coach. Ask the coach for a meeting. Ask them their opinion of you and say, I'm frustrated. I'd like to play more. What do I need to do to get better? What's your opinion of me? They may ask you what you think. And that's why if you have a list of these things, and and I bring the list in with you, have it in front of you. That's going to help you show the coach you've put some thought into this. You've really made some effort with this. And it's going to help you. I think most coaches are going to look at an athlete who comes to them in that scenario. And they're going to like the fact that you care enough to want to get better and do that. But if you go in and moan and groan and complain, that's not going to help you. The key thing here is this. Everybody wants, you know, if you're on a team, you want to play. Nobody wants to be in a, well, I don't say nobody. I'm sure there's some people just like, they're just happy they're on a team. But most people, if you're in a team, in a game, in in, in an event, you want to participate. You don't want to sit on the bench. And then there are a lot of people who talk to me about the fact they don't get to start. But one of the things I always tell them is this. You know what? If you don't get to start, take some time and watch what's going on. Watch the people who are playing your position. Watch the people you're going to play against. See what's going on. Do some psychological evaluation of what's happening before you're in there. So then when you get in the game, you're going to be better prepared because you're going to have a better picture of what's going on. Sometimes it's better not to start because you'll get a better idea of how to play the opponent you're playing against, how to react, how to respond to them. You know, I always like to say, as I said earlier, when you have two athletes who are physically the same, the one with the stronger mind will come out on top. Having a stronger mind means a lot of things. It means taking the time to be prepared. If you sit on the bench, don't go into a game being frustrated. Be ready in case they're at, the coach asks you to come in. Have that mindset about what do I have to do to be ready. Obviously, if you start, you have a different mindset. But if you're not starting or you don't get to play that much, have that preparation ready. Have your focus down. What am I I doing today? What's my goal for today? What could get in the way of me not having the right focus, the right concentration? Then from an attitude perspective, I always talk about a positive, realistic attitude. If you go in there with a negative attitude, that's going to carry over into when you play. If you're sitting on the bench, ticked off and upset you're not in the game, you won't be happy. And that's going to carry over into the game. And then That takes us to confidence, the foundation of all of it, the ability to believe in yourself, your skills, your talents, and what you can do. If you are a confident person, you will take the time to constantly reevaluate yourself, constantly take the time to ask yourself, how can I improve? Any great athlete, when you listen to their stories, will talk about the adversity, the negativity they've had to overcome at some point. And how they learned about themselves. That's the key to success. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hope you enjoyed the show. I'm here every week. On Sports Radio 810 WH. Our shows are rebroadcast throughout the country. they are podcasts everywhere. If you go to my website winnersunlimited.com. That will take you to all the podcasts. I've got about 10 years of them on my website. Hope you enjoyed the show. You can reach me several ways. You can get a hold of me at my office at 816-561-5556. Follow me on Twitter at DRJ Sports Psych. Give me a call, 816-561-5556. Check out my website, winnerslimited.com. Have a great week. Stay well.
0: This is the Sports Psychology Hour.